Hey guys, what's up? Squatch Talk with Pat and Ern. I'm Pat. And I'm Ernie, and we are the Prime Ape Objective. Welcome to episode six. What do you think we ought to talk about today, Mr. Pat? Uh, well, we're going to talk about one of my very favorite subjects. And uh, it's not one of my favorite things, but it's one of my favorite subjects I've been studying for 20 plus years, and that's government. And of course, when it comes to Sasquatch, what's going on with the government cover up? There seems to be a lot of imagination out there versus reality. Correct. Um, and we're going to get into that and try and try and get into it in a reasonable, realistic way, I think. Yeah, we'll be, obviously, uh, this is a topic where we don't have an official, we don't have, uh, uh, you know, we don't have uh, insiders from various agencies to tell us. So a lot of what we talk about today will be speculative, but it will be speculation based on uh, some pretty practical practical extrapolating from what we know. And if this species that we call Sasquatch is real, if it exists and all these uh, theoretical things that we kind of come up with to sort of help explain how such a species could exist, then uh, an element of cover-up is obviously part of this phenomenon. It would have to be. Yeah. So, so yeah, man, where would you like to start? Well, I'd like to start in saying that, you know, I've actually changed my position on this. Um, I used to take the position in just very knee-jerk way, um, back before we really were serious, started seriously getting into the Sasquatch thing. I would just kind of like, man, there's no way. I mean, you know, government either doesn't know about them or... If they do, they wouldn't cover them up. There's no reason to. You know, it mm. just on the surface didn't seem to make sense. It's like, why? That's like covering up a bear, <laughs> you know, or something. It's like, there's no reason to do that. And, of, of course, I've changed my position now. I'm convinced that there is government knowledge of these things on some level. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't I, – I see no reason to believe it goes all the way to the top. Um, in other words, you know, my governor doesn't know that Sasquatch exists unless he's seen Ryan. Um, right. And, you know, Donald Trump doesn't know they exist more than likely. Um, my congressman and et cetera, you know. I used to feel similarly uh, when I got into the research and studied a lot and realized, you know, the people use that term a lot, the government, the government and kind of a broad broad statement like that, um, what I've come to learn is that, you know, because this is such a reclusive, rarely occurring species that, uh, the occasions where private citizens have an encounter or perhaps have shot one, something like that. And they wind up calling an official on the phone. They call the cops if it's animal, if it's animal related, they refer them to animal control. If animal control doesn't know what to do, they're going to call the local state uh, fish and game agency. If they don't know what's going on, they call their superior. So my argument has always been since 
incidents like that don't happen every week as we would assume right uh that it's not it just simply would not be that difficult uh on the occasions where the higher ups are called in to oversee some sort of sasquatch encounter or body or whatever i don't think it would be that difficult to keep that information compartmentalized and uh yeah I've heard lots of other folks in other other fields talk about doing, you know, secretive projects for the government or maybe just something that's classified. It doesn't have to be right. some sort of skullduggery. And they'll say, hey, look, you know, uh, I was involved with the government doing these kinds of projects, that kind of project as a scientist, at whatever, uh, for so many years. And hundreds of people were all told to keep it quiet. And every one of them did. Sure. Uh, you know, it was simply a policy um, and I don't want to uh, hog it. Well, please let me throw back to you here, but you know, cause there's, there's, there's the agencies, there's wildlife agencies, then there's the timber and mining industry. And so there's a few different things we're going to touch on talking about all this, but again, it's just important for people to realize this kind of information would not have to be kept secret agency wide. You know, it doesn't have to be the government that knows everything. Yeah. And really be a handful of people in certain offices, you know, that's really about all it would take. Yeah. And, you know, just to look at the scope to, to kind of, you know, frame it, uh, the scope of everything, the, the United States federal government is the United States largest employer. <laughs> so, so the, the largest body of employment for, work in the United States is for the federal government and it's humongous. Um, millions and millions of people work for the government. Um, and then you start throwing in on top of that state government and then local m municipalities that, I mean, you got, you know, a third of the country working for the government. It's kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, some, you know, somebody who sits in the social security office do, you know, auditing, uh, doesn't, or wouldn't need to know anything about Sasquatch, obviously. Right. That goes without saying. So the government is huge. And so then we start getting into the relevant departments, right? And so on the federal level, federal level, we have Department of Interior, okay? And that department alone is huge. It branches out all over the place. That's where you get your BLM, your Bureau of Land Management, um, and it, it, yeah, Native American things are thrown in there, and it's just it's got a twenty billion dollar budget a year, and that's per uh, two thousand thirteen. It's probably gone up since then. The Department of the Interior is a broad, broadly encompassing agency name that includes. The Forestry Service, the Park Service, like you said, the Bureau of Land Management, it includes lots of other agencies. It and does. It's important for folks to remember that context when we begin talking about, say, a, a forest ranger or a DNR, or, uh, excuse me, a fishing game, any kind of wildlife employees or BLM uh, employees. Uh, bear in mind that all falls underneath the Department of the Interior. Correct. So just to break it down, sort of visually, you know, you have at the very top, this is the secretary of the Department of Interior, right? And then at the very bottom, you've got uh, U.S. Uh, Fish and Wildlife Service and 
uh, Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement. Uh. Those those are at the bottom. So those are the people, let's just say the boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. Those would be the, the compartments or departments in this case that would have boots on the ground. Um, and then of course, Bureau of Land Management kind of falls somewhere in the middle. Um, and as we've seen in the past, uh, with the whole Bundy situation, you know, they have an enforcement, uh, uh, they have an enforcement section in their department as well, and a pretty, you know, it, that look like operators, essentially. So those those guys do exist in these different departments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's just kind of start with an example, a theoretical example of what would happen, let's say, um, well, you and I are familiar with that guy in Virginia that claimed to have shot one, uh, the guy down in Florida who our friend Justin met and said it was credible. Well, actually, let's take that guy in Florida as an example. Yeah. He claims that, uh, you've got somebody who's working, um, helping to fight forest fires as a contractor for the forestry service and, uh, claims he, he and his partner, Late at night, they hit a Sasquatch creature with a giant truck. They've run over it. They've killed it. Well, they call their superiors. They, the superiors come out. They're not quite sure what's going on. They call their superiors, and someone else comes out. And uh, then the two men who were driving the truck are taken away from that scene, and then they are debriefed later by some people that tell them in a closed room, hey, what you hit was a bear. Yeah. That, that kind of, and then they're kind of left, all right, that's it. What you saw was a bear. You didn't see what you thought you see. Uh, do you understand? And then the meeting's over. Now, that scenario has been described many times. Mm -hmm. Now, for what it's worth for listeners, as far as this keeping uh, uh, this whole subject of cover-up, um, you know, the two guys are not going to be able to go to the newspaper the next day without proof and make any claim. They don't have to be watched you know, by the government to make sure they don't say anything. They're not going to be, they're not going to be believed. Uh, you know, the two forest rangers who were initially there on the scene. Well, folks need to remember that, uh, to get on with one of those agencies is a very difficult thing to do. Uh, there are long waiting lists. Those are highly coveted jobs, park rangers, forest rangers, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Wildlife officials. And uh, with incredible benefits. Yeah, great now, pensions. Yeah. You got a great pension, great benefits. You got a wife, family. You've got a job. It took you forever to get, you know. And uh, you're just not going to blow it by running around telling everybody that you discovered that Bigfoot is, in fact, real. So on the rare occasions that, you know, uh, a couple or a few people have to be dispatched from a particular agency and they wind up viewing, encountering an actual Sasquatch, well, that doesn't mean that it's going to be on CNN the next day. So yeah, that sort of, you know, rare occasion where actual uh, government officials are on a scene somewhere. It doesn't mean that they had to be in the know when they showed up. And it certainly doesn't mean that uh, they can't easily keep that information to themselves, particularly when they're told they have to. Yeah, exactly. And again, we're only dealing with a, a couple, couple of few, yeah, departments that would even have the ability to have the kind, you know, boot, boots on the ground 
men in black, you know, the right. who, which by the way, they, they don't wear black. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they show up in civilian clothes or, you know, may, maybe look like G men a little bit. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, these, these departments would have the kind of resources it would take to intimidate somebody or, or have a talking to, let's say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and those would be the departments that I cited earlier. And then, of course, you, the other one would be your state, which would be DNR, the Department of Natural Resources. Every state has their own DNR because every state's Department of Natural Resources are different, obviously. You know, um, mm -hmm. Those guys would be boots on the ground, too. So th these would be the actual departments that you would find the within those departments, the people who are in the know, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people like to imagine that the all-powerful government, which government is powerful, but people like to imagine that there's all kinds of crazy secret stuff going on in the government that it explains everything that happens weird in the world, right? You know, mm -hmm. the, the reality is, is that government is so large and so out of touch that it is um, extremely incompetent. <laughs> so, yes, uh, it is. so the fewer people that know about Sasquatch in the government, the easier it is for them to cover it up. That's pretty simple and, logic. And it also, I believe, it has simply kind of worked out this way. In other words, if Sasquatches were as, uh, as prolific as bears, then obviously they couldn't cover it up no matter what they did. If Sasquatches were hovering above the cities in full view in the sky, they couldn't cover it up. Right. But it just so happens that over time, as this country grew, as the population grew, as our government grew, as development grew, um, you know, again, they we're talking about such a rarely occurring species and even extremely rare occurrences of where people are actually in contact with something that they can call an official about. So, yeah, I, I don't, I just don't, I think it kind of worked out, you yeah. know, to where... The government so far up to this day has, you know, they it's a good chance no matter what certain levels of the government may know, they probably still don't know everything. And if you don't know everything, then what, what the heck are you going to say to the public about it? You know, if you, if you can't tell them everything because you don't know it, or maybe the truth is just a little too hard for everybody to understand, then, yeah, I guess you're just going to have to sit on it. Most people... What you and I do not talk about UFOs or any other phenomenons, but because most people tend to accept that UFOs are at least possible and that if they are possible, it's probably unlikely the government is in the dark completely. Most folks would agree that there are certain levels of the government that must know if UFOs are real, if aliens are real, obviously there's compartmentalized secret government knowledge of it. And they can't possibly tell everybody. So you got to look at how much easier it would be to keep, you know, the few incidents that happen every few years uh, secret about Sasquatch. Yeah. 
And you know, there's precedent for this um, that is that is known. And one of those things is why do so many states refuse to admit there are mountain lions in certain areas of the states? And you see that in many places around the country, Ernie. You know this. Oh, absolutely. And why? Why? Why do they do that? And they will go out of their way to cover that up. I mean, that has been documented. <laughs> You're right. And I, from what I understand, uh, the official line is, well, okay, so you have a picture or you so you found tracks or whatever, but that that's just a mountain lion passing through this area. Uh, we, you know, and they'll maintain that that particular state does not have a resident viable reproducing population of mountain lions. Now, I don't know, to answer your rhetorical question there, I don't really know why that has to be covered up. But it's very common. Very common with be, the mountain lions. It could be laziness, you know? I don't know. Um, I watched a, a great video. Um, I'll try and remember the channel. I think it's Pennsylvania Bigfoot Research. Um, this guy, he's pretty good. He puts together good videos, but he had a guy on his show tell a story about a full blown shutting down the road. Somebody hit a mountain lion in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and, and the authorities came in and shut down the road just to get the mountain lion body out of there. They, they went to that extent to cover it up. And of course there was photographs and everything. They, they had to admit that you know, this event happened, but there you go. Yeah, there's, I'm and you know, there's a whole lot that I am completely uneducated about in terms of what all the processes are uh, in, that are involved when having to list a species as, as existing in a certain area. Um, I don't know, perhaps there are other things, I don't want to get bogged down in, uh, you know, stuff that we don't know about, but it's, so it's a very interesting uh, uh, footnote in our Bigfoot research that yeah, the mountain lion issue has been kind of a hot topic for some people. Yeah. Do you know? Because we're not talking about another species of raccoon. We're talking about an apex predator mountain yeah. lion. So you think that their presence would be, you know, why would that be such a, a touchy thing? But And they're very dangerous. It's good, good to know that they're out there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, do you think we ought to move on to uh, the lumber and the mining and stuff from here? Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I didn't. I'm. I'm not sure yeah. of your your angle there. Um, of the uh, you mean the timber angle? Yeah. I have uh, read many articles and. Uh, the spotted owl scare is a is a is an example that a lot of people cite. Um, and you mentioned the Bureau of Land Management, so listeners should, on their own, because it's a it's a pretty convoluted relationship, should look into how the Bureau of Land Management is uh, in business with is involved with private industry, uh, the pri private industry with timber growers and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. what I've heard in my Bigfoot research, when people would, you know, float 
reasons why uh, a cover-up needed to be maintained. One of the reasons, and again, I, I believe that it would be several reasons that this has all been covered up as best as it could be by those who had the ability to cover up what little info they had over the years. I think that it's everything from uh, the dangers uh, of the species itself, which a wildlife agency would want to keep quiet. Then you've, and of course, the, the worry of public hysteria. But when it comes to the timber, the, the industries of timber and mining, I believe that that would be a, a huge issue. Um, Could be. We don't think, well, we don't think about timber as being that big of a deal, but my God, it's, it's everywhere. We use timber to build everything still. It is a huge industry. It's a, you know, as you say, you know, we can replant trees. It's a renewable resource. And it is probably one of the, I guess, the biggest building material that we have, right? Oh, it absolutely it. is. And there's no replacement for it. Um, and, and if, I mean, if you want to pay half a million dollars for 1,800 square foot home, then fine. Let's not use timber anymore. Timber's not going anywhere. I, I, Sasquatch, mm -hmm. Sasquatch will not shut down the timber industry because it is too vital of a resource in this this country and really in the world to stop I agree. I do. I agree with that. But where I think a potential butting of heads and a, a big problem would would occur is just between the the environmental the environmentalist groups who want to you know they want to protect everything from living creatures to the trees themselves, even though these trees are grown specifically to be to be cut in most areas. Uh, I just, that, again, I can't sit here and tell everybody that I know for sure. I'm just kind of, we're tossing out what we think are, you know, some uh, legitimate reasons why. And I think, I think that uh, timber, logging, and mining are two huge industries that if, if an intelligent species of hominid was verified to exist in North America, I believe that it would have... Uh, staggering results for all kinds of land boundaries. I think it's going to, I think that it would, uh, in the beginning at least, because of all the fear and all the uproar of uh, the, the shock of it all, and everyone wanting to back off and make sure, okay, we got to make sure the species is protected. And we, what about habitat? And what about this? And everybody would kind of be up in arms over something that hadn't really been fully studied yet. And so I just think that there's going to be a lot of, a lot of smoke, a lot of blow ups, a lot of dust ups. And I personally think that, uh, I think that timber and all the land associated, not just timber. I mean, it's been suggested that people with private, you know, with uh, private holdings of land exceeding 300 acres could even be affected if such a species were listed to exist. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I don't know. I, but I, well, I I can, you know, based on my studies over the past two decades. I mean, I could certainly get an idea. I although I, d I don't want to get into the political realm, obviously, on on this show. But I'll just say this: you know, there is a certain ideology and a certain um, demograph of politicians who I believe would wield Bigfoot as a weapon. I mean, they would weaponize it to carry out agendas. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Now, would they be successful? 
would they be in charge? Though, who knows, man? I mean, you're getting in, you're getting way down the rabbit hole with all that, but exactly. And it's all again, it's all speculative. I'm just citing what I think would be some major stumbling blocks uh, within American industry. Yeah, and there's so much money involved. It's not just the people that go out and cut down the trees and the guys that drive the trucks. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, every it's every end of it. And mining is a big damn deal in North America. Uh, there are a lot of uh, a lot of things like uh, columbite, tantalite, coltan for short, that is used in all of our electronic and digital devices these days. Uh, I mean, there's even blood coltan now in the Congo. It's you know it's a highly sought after material, and uh, it was mined for a while in North America. Not so much anymore, but it's an ex it's just an example of how there is a, a whole lot more money and a lot more industry involved in natural, re you know, pulling natural resources out of the ground, ground that if Sasquatches are proven to walk upon, then these factions of government that you mentioned that are knee-jerk reactionaries, as well as all the support groups for environmental causes, I think that, again, like you say, it may not pan out in the end that, that anybody's any of those folks are in control or that they swayed anything. But I think it, I think it's a good deterrent from the government wanting to just spill the beans. Yeah. One more example of why eh, probably ought to disseminate this a little more slowly, if at all, would be the government's position. That's just, that's just my take on it though. Yeah. And you could even have a situation where, uh, the, the, the people sort of boots on the ground people in government understand uh, in that they they need to keep it knowledge of it away from the politicians you yeah, know good. away yeah. from the, the secretaries away from the judges um yeah. they may be doing us a favor and we don't even know it Again, that's speculation that's based on my own sort of opinions and biases about government but it you know it could be that as well so um but yeah i want to talk about shift gears back to back to the boots on the ground and and, and talk about it how incidences like an incident would be dealt with right mm -hmm. um let's say if someone hit one with a car or someone shot one or or had a you know a violent encounter and was trying to tell you know, call the police or DNR or whoever, uh, who would deal with that? Now, I, I noticed in the Sasquatch world, a lot of people think that there are just, I guess, teams of Navy SEALs, ex-Navy SEALs sitting on tarmacs all over the country, sitting <laughs> around waiting for something to happen, and they go jump into their uh, helicopters, you know, World, World, World War II style when the Germans are attacking, and... Um, fly to the incident and it's just they're that competent and that reliable and I reality says that nothing could be further from the truth <laughs> I agree. yeah I agree with that also um I think these things are known to some degree by some people in each one of these departments of that are closer to the ground, like we talked about the DNR side, the wildlife management, the different departments of the 
Department of Interior that are close to the ground, there has to be knowledge. And, mm -hmm. I, and because if there is an incident, somebody's got to know how to deal with it, right? Yeah. And somebody, somebody so, has to have a, a higher up that knows how to deal with it. Absolutely. There's, all, there's obviously got to be a chain where, yeah, if this official doesn't know what to make of it, he's got to have somebody higher up that he calls when he can't handle something, regardless of what it is. And so I would think that eventually, yeah, call, you know, incidents of unidentified animals <laughs> are, are going to make their way up a certain command. You're not going to keep calling the guy. You're not going to keep calling homicide. You're not going to keep calling the jail. You're not going to keep calling the dog catcher, you know. If right. they can't help you, the, 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 the phone call is going to make it a little further up the line. Yeah. And de depending on how bad the incident is, then, then, you've, then you would have to bring in the hush guys, I'm going to call them, you know, mm -hmm. um, not men in black, but the hush guys who come in and, and clean up the mess, try and, you know, straighten everybody out. <laughs> and I'd like to interject before we continue – I don't believe that this is something that the government, that these departments or the people in them with the knowledge can, can forever cover up or think that they've can forever uh, contain this. In other words, yeah. everything that Pat and I are discussing, I still believe that those, those handfuls of folks in the government that are in the know also know that any day, a person who does hit one with a car or shoots one with a rifle, if th that it's possible that that person could get it in the truck and drive it to Walmart or get it in front of news cameras before they have a chance, and then it's out. I believe that the gut, the the, few, the handfuls of folks that are in the government with the know-how also know that that's possible. They're yeah. not sitting, they're not sitting back with their smoking jacket and glass of cognac, you know, giggling to themselves that no one will ever find out because we've got it all sewn up. That I don't believe that at all. But yeah. I believe they're whenever they have the opportunity and that they have so far been able to wrap things up when they were called. Yeah, I think so too. I, That's I, I think they've they probably learned over the years and they've probably come up with different scenarios and and, 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 and do what they can do, yeah. you know, within, within their skill sets and within their, their budget, within their, their power mm -hmm. uh, ability, whatever uh, amounts of power they have. And in, in, if they're an enforcement agency, then they have more power than, and, you know, than mm -hmm. a different type of a, you know, agency that doesn't have a big enforcement budget. Right. Yeah. Um, because after all, that's what we're talking about here. That's what it boils down to is, is a form of enforcement. You know, when somebody shows, shows up and tries to tell you as a United States citizen, you know, what you can and can't do or say, you know, that's a, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> that's, that's right. Slippery slope. And, uh, I think a lot of people, again, I don't believe there's ever been an auditorium with a hundred people in it being told that story. It's usually going to be one or two guys, right? One or two people are going to be told to keep their mouth shut at a time. It just, it wouldn't be that difficult, you know, for people to, uh, for government folks to show up and say, all right, you saw a bear, end of story. 
Yeah. Uh, if yeah, if there were ever an incident that involved a hundred or two hundred people, that uh, that's it. There's no way. There's no way they can cover that up. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, so having said that, I just wanted everybody to understand we don't believe that it's something that can be contained uh, just with an idea or a plan. Uh, it's all it takes is one more Justin Smear or some some scenario like that. And perhaps this day and age, because the Sasquatch phenomenon is so much more prevalent in our culture and our consciousness, maybe the next guy will be more bold and say, yeah, I know what this is. And by God, I'm throwing it behind the seat. And yeah. We're, we're going into town. We're getting in front of news cameras. Um, do you want to talk about, I'd like to at least talk about what I think is also a concern. Uh, I'm not sure if any particular government agency would be in charge of this, so to speak, but the overall public reaction to such a, such a discovery being made public, I think would be overwhelming. I really do. It would be huge. I think it would scare the hell out of a lot of people. You know, I've talked about, you know, of course there's going to, there would, there would inevitably, inevitably, I can't even speak, inevitably be lots of hunters attempting. I think so. Perhaps, perhaps attempting to get in and out of the woods with a specimen, but that's already been going on for <laughs> 50, 60 years. Nobody's uh, pulled it off yet when they had the intent. So, yeah. uh, if if Sasquatch were proven to be a real species on the news tomorrow with a big nine foot tall corpse laying in a pickup truck somewhere, um, every before anything could be listed, before anything could be protected, you can rest assured that all of those agencies would be on high alert, and they would be on the lookout for truckloads of people from out of town suddenly showing up and walking into the woods with rifles. Uh, there would just be so yeah. much so much of a reaction in the public and and by the way if the government were to come clean and have a press conference whether they were coming clean uh, being ones with the proof disseminating it or because a guy with the pickup truck got it in front of cameras and now the government has to say something man they're gonna have to say yeah they're dangerous what little we know it appears they do take people i'm just gonna say that's got to be a known thing it's just, it's just got to be a known thing on some level. If the government has to be public, say anything public about their knowledge, they're probably going to have to include something like that or play completely dumb about it. In but either way, the public's going to be nervous. It's going to make the public pretty darn nervous to know that nine-foot-tall hairy monsters live in the woods. Yeah, and they might kill you if you, if you make them mad enough. Yeah. And, and which is understandable. I mean, people get killed by bears. <laughs> people sure. get killed by mountain lion. Um, you know, a wild animal is a wild animal. And the more powerful, the easier it is for them to kill you. That's right. And yeah. uh, like I said on the Bakara episode, I'm sure it's happened. And therefore, I'm sure the government has, has, yes. has known that too. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we go out of our way. You know, if somebody goes for a hike, doesn't come back when they were supposed to, we'll send a hundred people looking for them out in the woods, right. you know, and fly yeah. helicopters and spend a million dollars, you know, looking for a missing hiker. Um, so, did, I mean, you can imagine if, uh, you know, 
bad scene was discovered, you know, where there are body parts laying around, you know, bears don't do that. So, well, the reason that you and I are talking about this is because we believe it's highly likely that the species of Sasquatches actually exist, that it's a flesh and blood species out there. And so, um, we have to sort of mentally, you know, extrapolate and say, well, if it's possible, then how could it be? How could it stay hidden? We have, we have addressed the biological part. Now we're sort of addressing the, uh, the systematic part of what would have to be a cover up on some level. And, uh, and I think all these, these details we've mentioned from lumber to mining to environmental protection, you've also just got the public at large and their reaction to, uh, to consider. Uh, I, I personally think that it would be almost overwhelming for a lot of people. Of course it would be maybe the, you know, maybe the biggest discovery in, of, of, in modern history. Um, I'm not, I'm not even sure how I would feel about it. You know, I live in a tiny cabin in the middle of the woods and, uh, here I am a, a, a huge advocate, a huge proponent of, uh, for the possibility of this species existing yet. I don't want to see one near me, man. I don't want to see one. If it exists, I don't want to see one on my property. I really don't. I've, I've heard you, you and I both bad have heard a lot. And if this, if we're to believe, a significant portion, the most compelling aspects of this phenomenon, then we are to believe that here and there, these things are dangerous and that sometimes people go missing. Yeah. So there's a lot to consider here. There is a lot to consider here. It's, know? um, what's the saying, Ernie, you know, the difference between people like you and me who have never seen one and then, then people who know because they have seen one. It, you know yeah. what I mean? There's yeah. a difference. Yeah. What is that? They're not believers, you know, they're the, so, so you believe in Sasquatch then? So no, I, I don't believe in it. I, I was a non-believer. I had a belief system before I saw it, but now that I've seen it, no, it's not a question of faith. It's, I know they're there. Yeah. You know, we're not a believer. Well, yeah. It, and to me, it's not a question of faith either because that's almost religious, but, um, there is a difference between people who uh, think that they likely exist and then the people who have seen them who go, well, they, I know they exist. And as a nation with discovery, as a nation, we would become a nation of knowers. Right. Right. And, and that boy, that does change your perspective on going in the woods. Yes. And, um, and I think there would be poachers. And I, I think poach at first poaching might would be a little out of control. I think you're right. If if they could at all be successful, and chances are most of them couldn't be. I don't think they could be. They would get no. They'd be getting killed, dude. People, you say? Yeah, the hunters who don't know any, like who wake up tomorrow and go, "Oh my God, those things are real. Let's go get one." They don't know anything about Bigfoot. They have. They never believed in it, so they didn't have any kind of knowledge of what these things are. And they're going to go out in the woods, dude. They're going to get killed. You and I it's both know that. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, it would be. It would be a huge mess. And again, another just another thing to to consider is to you know to consider what would happen should this all become public knowledge tomorrow. 
Um, I think it would be absolutely astounding. It would be astounding for me. It would be astounding for you. Uh, I can't imagine what it would be like for people that just uh, could not wrap their heads around it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I said, maybe these cover-up guys, people like to think of them as the bad guys. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're the good guys. Mm -hmm. You know? It's quite possible. And, buddy, who knows? Who knows what kind of stuff we don't know, given the history of, you know, government knowledge? Who knows? You know, who knows what all's going yeah. on? I mean, you know, I mean, think about it this way. You know, people that are in the, uh, you know, intelligence uh, a aspect of government who are national security people, you know, they they have our best interests in mind. You know, they're trying to keep the population safe by rooting out terrorist organizations and finding where they are and, you know, sending a predator missile their way or every now and then, you know, um, maybe it's something like that. You know? Well, we just don't know. We just don't know, but we can be pretty sure that if these creatures exist, then yes, there has to be uh, certain, uh, certain degrees of knowledge within certain departments of the government. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it sure would be nice if uh, we could gain any kind of access to the sort of list that I had mentioned uh, when Dave Picard was on that John Mayanchinsky mentioned. Uh, he says that he and Meldrum and the North American Ape Project, they have a, a growing list of wildlife agency officials who have confided their stories in them. Uh, they've confided their stories to Mayanchinsky and Meldrum uh, for their scientific use and their study but on the condition that these uh, wildlife officials' names stay anonymous. Uh, that, to me, that's, there's, your, there's your gold mine. You know, there, there's your gold mine of, of information, insider knowledge. And uh, sure would be nice to pick those guys' brains. It would. And, I, you know, I can't cite any specific uh, things that I've heard or where to find them on YouTube, but there's all kinds of you know, anonymous, supposedly, yeah. you know, uh, government officials who have come forward and said some, you know, pretty amazing things. Like I remember hearing one, one time say that there was a special number. If, if somebody calls you to say they saw a Bigfoot, you call this number and report it, <laughs> you know, mm. like the Bigfoot number. <laughs> You know, and while we're talking about any specifics, uh, one name that comes to mind, a forest ranger named Roger Blaine, or he may, may have been a national park ranger uh, in Washington state. Uh, he has appeared in two television documentaries about Bigfoot. Uh, one is called Giganto, the real King Kong. It's a documentary about Gigantopithecus with its relation to the Bigfoot phenomenon. Roger Blaine appears in that, and he appears in another Bigfoot documentary tells his story with his credentials, uh, class A, uh, daytime roadside crossing. He's just one example uh, of a, a government official that we're talking about who knows the difference between bears and people. He had a class A encounter. Uh, we just mentioned John Mayanchinsky, who is a wildlife field biologist. 
who does extensive work in the field, uh, staying in the field, doing a study on bighorn sheep or a study on this or that. And he had an encounter. Um, Mel Skahan, S-K-A-H-A-N, was a timber cruiser. Um, I forget his tribe. I believe he's with the Navajo Reservation. Um, but people can look up Mel Skahan, listen to his encounter. Uh, there's also a retired forest ranger from Arkansas. Um, there's a small video of him talking, and he was, uh, which is taken from the end of a documentary about Bigfoot in the Arkansas area. So these people do exist, and they have come forward. Yeah, um, there's even more than that. Yeah, uh, maybe not in floods, uh, and they're certainly not. Again, we talked about pensions and federal jobs. You know, there's a lot to lose just because you retire doesn't mean you can suddenly just go out and tell every little confidential secret that you learned during your career. So, yeah, uh, but these people are out there, you know, listeners are encouraged to, uh, ferret that stuff out just like we did. It's all public information. Yeah. And I, I've heard a lot of anonymous, anonymous ones. Uh, oh yeah. That, that are very compelling, you know, they are, they are just very, I, one comes to mind. I think it has like a quarter million views on YouTube. It was a guy he was like a warden out in the Northwest, not specific, but out in the Northwest. And he had three or four encounters. And then his first encounter, he shot, he shot it. <laughs> mm. And, um, I'm sure it'll come, it'll come to you. I'm sure you've heard it, Ernie. Uh, oh, he, I'm sure I have to. He was, he was eating a deer that had been caught in a trap and, yeah. and yes, then, recently. It got up and got up and came towards the guy very aggressively. And he had thirty out six, and he shot it in center mass. It went down, basically grabbed the deer and ran off. And he reported it as a strange animal or as a bigfoot, you know. When his, mm -hmm. which gives you a little insight, right? So his superior showed up, and he was like an older guy, and told him, said, "No, you can't say." That that's what it was, man. And he said, "Well, I'm going to, you know." <laughs> and so there you go. Like there was this guy was trying to tell him, "No, don't go there," you know. So they, they, I think they, they have a weird like policing of themselves as well, you know. Well, they appear to. It was either that guy or another guy who, again, they're anonymous, but uh, if they call into a Bigfoot podcast, they have uh, detailed knowledge of the departments, the policies uh, of the particular agency that they're with. So they do sound informed and compelling. And uh, as I recall, this guy was saying that the way the process worked for those kinds of officials and those agencies is uh, they fill out one report that says, yes, it was this kind of creature. Here's what it looked like, everything they saw, but then they have to, that goes in one file. Right. <laughs> and, away, and then they have to fill out another report that describes it as a known animal. And the closest one usually is a bear. So they're told to put down bear again. Yeah. From an, an anonymous source, but someone who appeared to have a great deal of knowledge about their agency and how things were done. Yeah. I just, I think that they have to even, you know, police themselves and maybe, yeah. you know, again, the boots on the ground guys, they just kind of, they may even have a don't ask, don't tell policy, you know. 
They like, would almost have to, it seems. Yeah, like if you did, he, did anybody get killed? No. Okay, shut up about it. Case closed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You shot a bear and it got away. Mm-hmm. Fell off of a ravine. Whatever, <laughs> you know. And while we're talking about it, um, you know, another another great example. And I witnessed this. As compelling as anything I've ever heard, I wish that I had uh, checked the title of the YouTube video before doing this. But it's the it's the guy that calls into, I believe it's the Crypto Crew, is the name of the podcast, and he calls in from Virginia, and he claims to have shot and uh, dropped a Sasquatch. He had an encounter with two of them, and he claims that he uh, reported it and was visited by his local wildlife official. And uh, it's a very, very compelling story. Mm -hmm. so the wildlife official that was with him was able to inspect tracks, was able to take a blood sample. And then uh, this eyewitness was visited later by two other men who claimed to be from a government agency who told him, like we've heard many times before, to shut his mouth. And, uh, but that is perhaps one of the most compelling interviews that I've ever heard from someone that I've never met or spoken to personally. And uh, if that man is an actor, he is the best actor. He's better than any actor that's ever lived. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It is the most compelling uh, interview I think I've ever heard. It really is. Yeah. And one thing we'll be able to do, Ernie, when we talk to Justin uh, pretty soon here, is we'll be able to you know, pick his brain about some of that and really get try and get some detail out of him about when he dealt with his, you know, fish and wildlife guys yeah. that, sh that came out to his uh, property yeah. and uh, asked him questions. That's right. They knocked on his door uh, and, uh, you know, Justin's encounter, which we look forward to having him uh, talking about that a bit here soon. And again, back to this guy, this caller from Virginia, uh, that folks can find again. I think it's the crypto crew, uh, video. Uh, but that'll give folks a good idea as to how isolated events like this could easily be contained and covered up by the few officials that are called onto the scene. Yeah. I think it's all, it's all within the realm of possibility and reality thus far. Thus far, correct. But eventually, someone's going to screw up. The, the government is going to screw up. I mean, you, you can count on that, buddy. <laughs> um, you can count on the government screwing up and hopefully maybe count on the next guy that does pull the trigger. Not that I'm pro-kill, but if something like that happens, hey, maybe, that, maybe the next Justin Smea will be able to get it in the back of the truck and haul it in front of TV cameras. Yep, and, then, and I and there's... And there's one thing I absolutely want to debunk that is a, seems to be common thought in the Bigfoot world is that this crazy idea that government is so competent and so powerful that even if you showed up to a news station with mm -hmm. cameras and people and, and it's, you, if you called a, somebody from the zoo to come over and look at it and you had all these things happening that somehow the government could come in and just wipe that clean. And I'm telling you, they can't. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Well, yeah, if anybody is able to get a, a body in the truck, uh, number one is you do not pick up the phone unless you're calling the news station to find out <laughs> how, how closely their, uh, their remote uh, film van can meet you somewhere. But other than that, the only goal should be you're going to have to get it in front of television news media immediately. And the public, too. I mean, just whoever's yeah. walking by. Of course, of course. Say, hey, man, come come take as many pictures of this as you want. Pull out your cell phone. I mean, you got 50 people standing around with cell phones. There's no way they can scrub that. There's no way. No, they can't. They, 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 that's I, what, there is well, that's no. It hasn't happened yet, obviously. You know, that's the one thing that people haven't made it that far yet, if, if they've had these chances. So, yeah. You and I believe that if somebody were uh, lucky enough to have a sample, have a specimen, by God, you're going to have to get it in front of those cameras. Yeah. And the other other part of that, which is just ridiculous, is people say this a lot, is that somehow the government would come in and tell the news station that they <laughs> can't publish this. And I'm here to tell you, man, if there's one thing that news media – uh, will stand up and die for, take a bullet for, and that is the First Amendment. That's no right. one tells them. No one tells them, you know, other than classified information, that's different, you know, but no one tells the news media what they can and can't report. They, they will take a bullet in the face to defend the First Amendment. They are hardcore about that. The government's not allowed to do it. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, is the law of the land. And no agency is allowed to operate outside of the Constitution, period. Yeah, and, it's, and it's not so much a quote. People can argue whether or not they, what's allowed and whether or not agencies follow the law. That, well, the point that you and I are making is that once you get it in front of the news cameras, then it's out. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many news agencies are called after the fact. Or the point you and I are making is don't call any agencies before you get it in front of the cameras. Yeah. That's, that's what hasn't happened so far. That's what they'll get you. Yeah. People are panicking and they pick up the telephone and they call the officials. So, um, obviously if you can get it in front of mass media sources that will go out before any agencies have been called, that's, that apparently is about the only way. Yeah. But I got to say that, that would take some guts too, man, because what if it was one that, that had, you know, the weird, really human features, you know? What about it? <sighs> what, what, okay. what I'm saying is, what if you were that dude mm -hmm. thinking about that you had one and you were going to go to the news agency, but what if the Bigfoot had those weird human <laughs> features? Gotcha. And yeah. suddenly as the shooter, I'm a little concerned about, uh, well, I'll just lie. What am I'll I? Just I? I'll just say I didn't shoot it. I'll say that the thing was uh, attacking me. Yeah, eh, true. I'm yeah. the shooter, and I've got one down. Whether I was hunting it, whether I shot it with bad intent, whether I was, you know, way out of line or not, uh, the first person that brings in a Sasquatch. I don't care if it's, if it is human <laughs> and we can barely distinguish through DNA, the differences between us and them, that shooter's not going to jail. That shooter's not going to get charged with anything uh, because he brought in, he brought in something that doesn't exist. 
There are no laws against it. Uh, we can question the ethics after the fact all day long if someone does drop one and successfully bring it in, and then he's the guy for the history books. Right. Uh, we can slam his ethics all day long, but uh, no, he's he's not going to go to jail. You would think, but it it might be something to you know consider. You know, it would, oh hey, if I was the guy and it looked human, yeah, it would make it would make me pause. But I would probably think, well, looks like I'm about to be the guy. So yeah, worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, I got to spend a day or two in jail until they sort things out. I'll still be the guy. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, but again, it all matter. It, what matters is getting it in front of television cameras. You know, that's the point we're trying to make here. I think, uh, I think ultimately in that situation, greed would get the best of most people because I think everybody has a, a sense of, you know, if I'm the person to discover Sasquatch, I can surely monetize that somehow in, in a very big way. Right. You know, so. All right. Well, um, I I think we covered all those bases, dude. I think we have too. I hope we did a fairly decent job at, at least laying out what are very practical things. This doesn't have to be some crazy, magical conspiracy, you know, in order to accept the cover-up aspect. Yeah, yeah. I th I think, like I said before, dude. It, it when you look at how those departments work. Um, and how they're structured and how uh, infrequent they would even need to be involved, you know, it, it certainly it matches up with reality in, it does. In, in my world. So oh, it absolutely does. All right, man. Well, I guess we can wrap up uh, this discussion of Sasquatch cover up in our episode six of Squatch Talk. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, quite soon, we'll be back with uh, our second guest, Mr. Justin Smea. Yeah, that'll be coming up uh, pretty soon, hopefully with within the week, maybe sometime this week, maybe. Yeah. I believe that's probably right. All right. Cool, man. Um, yeah, everybody uh, have a good, uh, good day, and um, I guess we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. This is Ernie and Pat for the Primeape Objective. And until next time, keep your eyes and ears open. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye.